Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, we talked about another aspect of community, helping each other see our blind spots. In Luke 10, Jesus holds up a mirror for one of his friends to help her see things she cannot see on her own. Don't we all need friends like this? Follow along, we hope you enjoy the message. All right, so this is our week three and our final week of our community series because next week we're going to start a new series we're going to start we're going to be tracking right where uh main services how many of you guys go to main service by the way you go downstairs one of the services wow like just a few man way less than i would thought well main service like big churches in uh the book of james and so is high school and so next week we're going to start we're going to uh jump in with them and kind of track for uh, a few weeks maybe like six or, or or so weeks and go through the book of james ourselves so it'll be it'll be awesome it's gonna be a lot of fun uh when i was in i guess when i was in high school there was like a a group that they called it am vapor okay because vapor was the name of our youth group at the time which I don't want to connect all the dots for you, but Vapor is not a good name in this day and age for a youth group, okay? Because now Vapor means different things. Uh, but then that's part of the reason we had to change it. So at that time, though, we'd get up, we'd get up at like 5.30 to go through the book of James uh, every Thursday, which was kind of like terrible. I hate getting up in the morning. Uh, how many of you are with me? You're not a morning person. You would like, if you had it your way, you'd be asleep right now, right? Yeah, that, that would probably be me. Uh, kids... Kids kind of stop that, okay? So don't have kids anytime soon because then you won't get to sleep as much if you're not a morning person. And please don't have kids anytime soon for practical reasons too. Um, But we would get up really early and go through the book of James. And since that time going through in high school, James has become uh, one of my favorite books. So I'm pretty excited about that. But this morning we're going to be, you can go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10 as we wrap up our community series. We had uh, Drew Toller was teaching last week and JJ taught the week before uh, to, to get things rolling in this series. And if you don't know, you can always go back and listen or, or watch these messages on YouTube, and then we've kind of got them, we've got the podcast form of them online as well. So you can always go back and find them if you missed a week. Um, This morning, here's how we're going to start off today, though, is uh, have you ever had something like maybe on your face or on your person or something, something that was wrong and out of place with you, uh, like, like physically, maybe your wardrobe, but you couldn't see it and you didn't know it but when people looked at you, they knew that something was up, okay? Let me give you an example. Last night, my family, uh, we, did, we were doing some yard work because it was kind of nice outside and got to the point where it was like dinner time and, uh, and we did not want to cook, okay? So there's, there's a few places that we like to go when we don't cook and one of them is a place we call O House. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oriental House. How many of you have ever been to Oriental House? Yeah, see, now you just you need to start using just the O, okay? It's a little easier to say. No, I mean, it is, but it's not like Oriental's crazy to say, right? But Oriental House is like, I, I do feel like they call it Oriental House for a reason. It's kind of like a mix. It's not just Chinese food or just Japanese food. They've even got like some pad thai there, which I would say that's a Thai dish, right? So they've kind of got a mix of like the Oriental foods. But our go-to is we get a big thing of chicken fried rice, okay? Keep it real simple. And we get a, a side dish, no veggies, please okay, because vegetables are slowly killing us, okay, uh, don't, don't listen to me, I'm not a doctor, um, but we get, we get just the sesame chicken, okay, so it's just a lot of chicken and a lot of rice, and then there's something that they ask you about when you're checking out, and it's this question, it's, a, it's an important question, would you like any sauce, okay, and there's only one sauce to get at Oriental House, who knows what it is, it, it's the white sauce, okay, how many of you call it white sauce, how many of you call it shrimp sauce, how many of you call it yum yum sauce? 
There's all, it's like, it kind of, it's like it depends where you come from, like which part of the country or something, uh, based on what you call it. But it's white sauce, okay? So we're, we're around the table, me and my bride and my five-year-old son and my two-year-old son, Samuel, and very quickly realize that as we've given the boys a chance to, on their own, this is dangerous, okay, but we did it yesterday, half of my five-year-old's little container of white sauce was poured in his bowl, the other half was on the table, okay, and then most of my my two-year-old son, we call him our little chef, because he wants to be uh, in the kitchen, he wants to be cooking whenever dad or mom's cooking, and uh, so he's maybe a little better at this than, than his older brother, admittedly, but he pours most of the thing into his bowl, and then he takes the lid and proceeds to just like lick the lid, okay, and and like very quickly at the beginning of, of dinner, we realized that most of that licked lid has not ended up in his mouth, but it's just ended up all over his face. Okay. And it's hilarious and it's really cute. And I should have gotten a picture, but as he's eating now, not only is white sauce getting all over his face, but he's also getting rice on his face. Okay. So he just looks like a bowl of chicken fried rice, just all on his face. And we go, Hey buddy, Samuel, do you want a napkin to wipe it off? And he's like, no, right. He's, he's set on just eating. And finally we, we can convince him, all right, hey, you need to take a, a napkin and wipe yourself. And so we gave him a chance to do that. And then we gave him another chance because it was still on there. Then we gave him another chance. And I said, hey, buddy, can dad help you? And so finally, I'm able to get the rest of the white sauce and rice off his face. And I mean, what does it matter? We're just at home by ourselves. But we want him to be clean and we want him to understand like, hey, if you have this feeling of stuff on your face, you probably should wipe it off, right? But in, in that moment, me and, and Brittany, my wife, and, and Owen, he's mostly just laughing. Our five-year-old is just laughing at Samuel. Uh, we're able to see something on Samuel or some, something that's a little bit off about Samuel that he can't see on his own, right? He would, I mean, he, he could, I guess he could go to a mirror, but even then you're getting some form of help. But, but he needed us in that moment or else he would have completed dinner or kept going through it with a ton of stuff on his face. He needed somebody else who could see something, see a side of him that he couldn't see and apparently couldn't feel to be able to help him know, hey, buddy, you need to wipe your face, right? And maybe you've had this. Maybe it's been in the form of, in fact, we've seen over the last few years, uh, presidents even have this, where they walk out of the bathroom and apparently there's toilet paper that's stuck on their, their foot, right? Does anybody remember uh, Trump with the toilet paper coming? Wasn't he like coming off the plane or something, which is really just different, but uh, it just uh, also really funny. How many of you have ever walked out of the bathroom and toilet paper was stuck on your shoe? I know that seems like a thing that's only in movies or cartoons, but it is a real life thing. Um, I'm raising my hand, not for me, but for my father, okay? I actually saw my dad walk out of the bathroom like that. So maybe, uh, maybe as you get older, it's more likely to happen. Or maybe you've had uh, something on your face, or man, I can think of so many times I've had something on my shirt, right? How many of you are convinced that it gets passed down from your parents to you that every meal you have to drop something on your shirt? You know what I'm talking about? My mom is the worst at this. If my mother gets through the first five minutes of a meal without dropping something on her shirt, it is a miracle, okay? Somebody has clearly been praying for her that day. But I think it's been passed down because I'm guilty of it oftentimes, and my sister especially is guilty of it. But, but in those moments, you need somebody to point it out. Hey, you, you got a mark on your shirt again, or hey, you got that thing on your face, or hey, you might want to go back to the bathroom, and this time you need to clean your shoe because uh, you got some stuff on it, right? We, we need people like that, not just for the silly things, though, but also for, the, for like the real serious things in life. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have had a friend come to you and point something out that wasn't silly and wasn't laughable and might actually have been painful, but was something that you couldn't see about your own life, maybe your own tone, 
maybe the things that you were doing, you couldn't see that they were wrong, or you couldn't see that, hey, that doesn't really connect with who you say you are. And, and they said it, and again, it may have been hard, it may have hurt, but in the end, they came to you in order to help. And when it was all said and done, it was actually a really good thing that they pointed out something that you couldn't see. If you've got good friends, or if you have any depth of friendship, then hopefully you have people in your life who can do that, or who have done that already. And oftentimes we call these things that we can't see our blind spots. Does anybody know what a, a blind spot is in a car? You just raise your hand if you know what it is. So you guys will figure this out over the next few years as you start driving and getting your permit and eventually your license and all that fun stuff. But as many mirrors as our cars have, when you're sitting in the driver's seat, unless you have just like a hundred mirrors that you can look through, inevitably, everybody has a blind spot when they drive. It's why sometimes your parents will start to get into the next lane. They'll be like, Look! and you're like, mom, I'm drinking my latte, right? And you just got it all over me. But it's because they couldn't see the car that was in their lane because the car was in their blind spot. As many times as they check their mirror, the only real way to make sure that you don't have a blind spot is to look over, like turn around, and then now you have a blind spot in the front because you're not watching the front. Or maybe have somebody help you actually see what you can't see. But there's these blind spots when we drive cars, but there's also blind spots in our lives. And this is an area, as many areas as JJ and Drew talked about where we need community, why community is important. Our blind spots are a place in life where we need community. And Jesus models this in uh, Luke chapter 10 here with some of his friends, people that uh, Luke here doesn't describe as friends, but in other places in the scripture, we see that these are, are actually some of Jesus's friends. We don't often think maybe of Jesus having friends, but I would say his disciples were very close friends with him. And folks here like Mary and Martha, maybe a story that you're familiar with, would have been friends of Jesus as well. So Jesus, here he is, he's passing through and uh, he stops at Mary and Martha's house. We're going to read just verses 38 through 42, and we're going to see an example of Jesus holding a uh, or, or helping somebody see their blind spots, really doing this thing that we're going to call holding up a mirror. Here it is, verse 38 says, Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. All right, so already got our, our few characters here. Obviously, Jesus is passing through. Uh, comes and stops and is welcomed into Mary and Martha's home. Uh, Martha is the one who welcomes him into the home. And then Mary, uh, she sits and she's listening to the Lord as he's teaching. What's Martha doing while Mary is doing this? I'm glad you asked. It says, verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister left me alone to serve? Tell her then to help me. So Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, like understands, hey, this is this is Jesus. This is the one that people have been talking about. This is the one that uh, has been healing. This is uh, our, our friend. Like, I'm going to sit and spend time with him, and I'm, I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to hear what he says. Martha, like, and that's, that's good. That's great, right? Martha, on the other hand, is serving, which actually, sometimes people want to paint Martha as like, hey, she's the one who's got a problem here. No, like, serving's good, too. And she's probably, maybe she's preparing food. Maybe she's, like, cleaning up, tidying up a little bit. Maybe she's like, she, she's getting something ready for Jesus and for Mary and for, for herself. 
She's serving in some way, shape, or form, and she eventually comes and realizes, hey, Mary's not doing this. Like, we should be prepping. We should be getting things ready for Jesus. Like, in fact, he's already here. Like, we should have done this a long time ago. Maybe if Mary was helping me, this would have already been taken care of. And she's kind of rustled. Her feathers are, are, are rustled enough to say, hey, Jesus, like, how about you tell her to do something? Again, I want to say, like, I don't, I don't think that Martha, in her serving, is actually doing anything wrong. Like, I don't, I don't think she's sinning. But in a minute, we're going to help her see that she might be missing something that's, that's even better than what she's doing, though. Hey, you're, you're missing an opportunity that you have, and you're, you're trying to do a good thing, right? But you're really missing the best thing right now. So Jesus answers her question, in verse 41, it says, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Always makes me think of the Brady Bunch. Have you guys ever seen the Brady Bunch? And it's such an old show, right? I've, known, I don't, I've watched like five episodes maybe in my life. But Marsha, Marsha, Marsha is like something they say in the Brady Bunch apparently. Martha, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Here's what Jesus is doing in this moment. Kind of already teased it a little bit. But Jesus is holding up a mirror. Is this like flashing you guys? Oh, now it is. Okay. Jesus is holding up a mirror to Martha. And he's saying, hey, let me, let me help you see something that you can't see on your own. And maybe this is going to help you. As much as you're doing good, as much as the serving is great, there you go, Preston. You're missing what's most important right now. You're so worried. You're so concerned about these things that you're missing what's most important and you're missing where your presence is most needed right now. Mary understands it. And Jesus doesn't, doesn't uh, condemn or rebuke Mary for, for sitting, listening to the teaching because Mary, see, she's already there. And People tend to say, well, Mary's like, Mary's the lazy one, right? She went straight to just sitting and listening. I mean, maybe, okay? Like, I'm not saying that she's not necessarily a little more lazy than Martha. But at least in this moment, Jesus is saying, hey, Mary gets it. She's where she needs to be. She's where her presence is supposed to be. And I, I, I want to help you see what you can't see. You're supposed to be here as well. And while we don't exactly get everything filled in. It seems like Martha probably listened and leaned in to that help. Jesus holds up a mirror. He reveals a blind spot. He helps Martha see something that she could not see on her own. What does that have to do with us? Our lives as Christians, maybe you're not familiar with this, but Christian pretty much translates to little Christ that you and I, if we are people who are following Jesus, if we're people who call ourselves Christians, that we ought to be people who live like Jesus, little versions of him everywhere we go. So what does that mean? Well, in this instance, here's what it means, is that we ought to be people who hold up mirrors and point out blind spots to the folks around us just like Jesus did. And not in a mean way, like, hey, is this thing blinding you? Because you need to see the white sauce on your face. Like, uh, or it, you're, you're going like, it, to, it's not, it's not to beat somebody over the head with a mirror. Or it's not to let them run into the blind spot and get 
nailed by that car, right? Like it's, it's in a gentle, kind way. Hey, I don't know if you see what's on your face right now. I don't know if you understand the depths of your sin right now. I don't know if you hear, and maybe one of the places this happens most often for some of us, and we get most frustrated about it, about it is with our parents, right? But has your mom or your dad or whoever your, your parents are in your life, have they ever said to you, hey, watch your tone, right? Hey, mister, watch your tone. Watch how, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? Sometimes our parents are, are actually the ones who hold up the mirror the most to us. But that, like, that's why part of the reason God's put them in our lives. See, community holds up mirrors and says, hey, I don't know if you can see it, but take a look into the mirror. And, and not just holding it up and saying, hey, let's, let's see what's, what's wrong with you or what's going wrong with you. But ultimately, here's what it is. Hey, I don't know if you can see this, but what you're doing right now doesn't line up with who Jesus is and who you say you are as a follower of him. It doesn't line up with what you say is most important to you. And it doesn't line up with what you say or, or what we know is most important to God. So who in your life are the folks who are able to hold up a mirror to you? Who are the people who are close enough to you that they actually do know when something's off, when something's not quite right? Who are the people who have the the relational bridge built for you that when they say, hey, I don't think you're living the same life that you claim to have in Christ. Who are the people that you will actually listen to when they say those things? Is there anybody in your life that's like that? A lot of times in our culture today, we've convinced ourselves that we can hold up a mirror for ourselves. But here's a perfect example uh, that happened just today. Apparently I have a scratch like on kind of the backside of my neck here. And I was like looking and I got this tiny comb. I don't know why it's like one of my favorite things to do in the morning. I think it just feels nice to run a comb through my beard. Uh, But I'm like combing my beard this morning and I'm like, yeah, I I feel good about my face right now. Not really, but something like that, okay? It's happening in my mind. And my wife says, what are those scratches, right? And I'm looking in the mirror. Shouldn't I be able to see these things? No, no, no. It's not just about, hey, you can put yourself in front of a mirror or you can do a self-examination. But even in that moment, when I'm physically looking into the mirror, my wife says, hey, you got scratches on the back of your neck. Are you okay? We can't do this on our own. We can't self-examine ourselves enough. We can't ask all the right questions of ourselves. We need other people. We need other perspectives. We need other voices to do this for us. This is one of the many reasons God has given us and designed us to be in community with each other. So if community holds up a mirror, I'll ask it one more time and then we'll close and go to small groups. If community holds up a mirror, who is the community around you? Who are the folks around you who are able to hold up a mirror kindly and that you can trust what they say is not meant just to bash you over the head or not meant to be mean, but meant to gently correct and help you see, hey, no, let's go this way instead of that way. Let me pray for us. God, we all need people like this in our lives. Um, I thank you for the folks that you've put in my life who have this bridge that's been built to where I can trust them, uh, who kind of have the guts to do this because it can be not always an easy thing to hold up a mirror to a friend when their life isn't 
maybe what it could be or what it should be. So I thank you for those folks in my life. And uh, I just pray for us as, a, as our, our middle school students and just as, as the community here that you would help us be people who do that for one another. Place people in each of our lives who have the guts and the know-how, who have the uh, gentle spirit and the ability to be kind in their words to do this for each of us. Let us know who those folks are in our lives and let us know the times when we need to be that for somebody else because that's what community does. It doesn't just hold up a mirror for one person but holds up mirrors for each other to help us see things that we can't see on our own. Pray that we will follow Jesus in this way. It's in his name we pray, amen.